With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ray and Tay today. Uh, yes, sports radio's on. Talking sports with friends and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up. Coming to, you, coming to you on a Thursday. You're not ready for that. So we got our segment, You're Not Ready. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, tweet at us, Facebook interviews with a lot of writers and ex-former athletes, coaches. We got everything for you from every sport. So check out our site and also shoot us your emails. Let us know who you pick for the NBA Finals. Obviously, Monday we'll be back with our NBA Finals preview, but, you know, let us know. Ray and Tate today at gmail.com. Ray, it's a busy show. We got a lot of stuff off the field. We got NBA, NHL, Game 7s, which you and I both predicted, MLB talk, A-Rod's doing his thing, and then our segment to end the show, You're Not Ready. I got to start with you off the field. Ray, do you want to play left tackle for the Giants or the Broncos to protect the Manning brothers? What's going on in OTAs, man? Well, I'm not big enough, strong enough, or skilled enough (laughs) to play left tackle to protect either of the Mannings. But the latest news is Ryan Clady will miss yet another season. And Ah, that's just terrible. Torn ACL, and this guy went down last year. He's not going to play anything this year, and he's supposed to be there to secure Manning. And, and you know, one of the things that Manning needed, especially in that Super Bowl against the Seahawks two years ago when they got just demolished from that first snap that went over his head, is some toughness and some consistency in that offensive line, especially in those tight playoff games. And Ryan Clady is a heck of a player so you just hope for yeah, his sake that he's been what six Pro Bowls or something like that, you know? Yeah, he's you legit. Just hope for his sake that he'll be back next year. Well, they're saying with the injuries though, it's twice now on the left leg, so they're saying he might have to move in the guard. It might be not career ending, but position ending. He might not be able to play tackle, or might have to go to right tackle. So that'll be interesting, um, just to see health wise where he's at. And then, you know, you hate to hear about these different things with these injuries and the Giants lose their left tackle. You got AP and Zimmer and Twitter and, and, you know, basically Adrian Peterson is going to play for the Vikings or nobody else. I don't think they'll buckle and trade him. Um, You know, we're waiting to hear on Greg Hardy and Tom Brady what's going to happen. But basically right now the whole world, not America, but the whole world is talking about the FIFA 
scandal, the election is going on, will uh, uh, Blatter win again, or will this other guy who, you know, is uh, really kind of seems like he's on the up and up to come in. But when you have nine execs, but not the head, and FIFA does not show their minutes. They don't tell their salaries. There's all this corruption. Now it's breaking news that Nike is, you know, they're saying, just like the steroids guys, not knowingly, you know, um, caught up in paying off uh, the sports people that allowed them to beat out Adidas, get exclusive rights to Brazil, and, you know, for their Brazil team, for all their friendlies before they, you know, went overseas. So, Ray, this is all a mess. What what can they do to fix it? And eventually, do they have to oust the president? Which might so not be let me possible. Let just say that FIFA <laughs> is a mess. And yes. Jeremy Schapp and ESPN did a great job of exposing great this job. Yeah. about a month ago, knowing that this was going to, at least the elections were coming up. And right. the the thing about FIFA, it took a U.S. court in Brooklyn to try and do this because, I mean, that's such a weak connection. But the the folks in CONCACAF and the folks that do the, the America's Cup are probably just as bad as the people at headquarters in Switzerland. And you said it, though, there's no oversight. There's no governance there that lets you have any insight into what's happening. So nobody knows what's happening. It's like cloak and dagger. And the crazy thing is nine, like you said, nine guys are indicted, and and, and who knows, there'll be more. Right, and I think 13 in total, I mean, so far. 13 in total, and there'll probably be more, but the head honcho skates free. So that you know what that tells me? That he's smarter than everybody. And he's probably operating in gray area. So... He probably didn't take any bribes. He probably didn't outright take cash because you hear about how Qatar and Russia and, and some other of these alleged, uh, you know, improprieties about getting the rights and the TV rights. And, and so, so much money exchanging hands and so much money under the table. So yeah. FIFA is a mess. And you know what? It won't get cleaned up for years and years and years because – there's no incentive. You know, the, that piece by Jeremy Schapp was really good, and it was insightful. I didn't know that the, the small countries make just as much money as the big countries, right? And that's the what the president countries- put in, Seth Blatter, and that's what's so smart about him, right? So when they vote, the small countries, they, they'll vote for him. So he's got Africa and Asia in his back pocket, and um, he's, it's brilliant. It's sort because, of like, exactly. oh, wow. So there's no reason. And these guys, <sighs> they don't care if you're a small country – and you get your share of the FIFA pot, you don't care about the corruption and what happens in Switzerland. And, and, and no, you're not going to get, you're not gonna get a World Cup anyway. So you don't care if Qatar gets it or if 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 Russia gets it or if Brazil gets it. Yeah. Who cares? South Africa. You're like, all right, as long as I get my cut. And as long as you come over and do a FIFA school and a FIFA sponsorship and get us some clothes and get some Nike gear and some Adidas gear. No, it's, it's gear, brilliant. It's brilliant, All man. Good. It's so this it's a shame. It's years a shame. to unwind. This this is not going anywhere. It's not going to cleaned up as fast. You just hope as it doesn't like. affect what American fans know and love, which is the World Cup, right? Because the average American fan 
pays attention to soccer and the Olympics or the World Cup. They don't, you know, watch Premier League and all the different leagues. I think the game will be fine. World Cup will be fine. It's such a big That's what I'm saying. It's not going to really affect any of this stuff. Yeah, so let's get to the real news. Before we get to the NBA playoffs and our NBA finals is set, what in the heck is happening to Tom Thibodeau and the Chicago Bulls? They fire another coach. After Phil Jackson, after Vinny Del Negro, now Tom Thibodeau, if you were a head coach, would you really trust this organization to, like, let you do your thing, be the coach, and not find fault with you within two to five years or something? I mean, I don't know, Ray. You know what? It's like Ronald Reagan said, trust but verify. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I don't know if trust but verify is the right term here, but it's basically trust and have a big buyout clause. So if you uh, want to – That's a mess. You know what? It is a mess, but it's still an attractive job. That's the thing. Oh. It's an attractive city. They have an attractive roster. Now, granted, there are better rosters out there, but there are a lot worse Oh, it's rosters. a top five team. Top so five team with talent. Say, they'll still be at the top of people's lists. So, but people have to be. I bet you the the negotiations will be a big fat buyout clause. I don't know if Jerry Reinsdorf will agree to that. But basically, this is a. But great they're going to probably hire somebody that doesn't have that clout. The front runners are Fred Hoiberg. They've been rumors about him since January. The he played mayor. there. The mayor from Iowa State, or everyone loves Alvin Gentry, the offensive guru. Um, who's on the Warriors bench and was, you know, obviously did well in Phoenix and other places and has been around, and we'll see what they do because they were concerned about their offense. And he's a player, you know, friendly uh, coach and former player in Gentry. So you got two former players, both role players in the NBA. Hoidberg is, is more famous in that sense, but Gentry was a backup point guard. So do you think that either one of those is a good hire? And then the rumors are for Denver, they're going to just promote Melvin Hunt probably. Orlando's talking about Scott Skiles. And our boy Jeff Van Gundy interviewed formally with the Pelicans. Does Tibbs beat out one of those three guys for those other three jobs? That's the question. So I will, I will say this. Tom Thibodeau is one of those guys – that will grate on your nerves. And even though it ended up badly in Chicago, I could see this happening in any city that he's in, in the sense that Jerry Sloan is one of the few guys that could be that kind of tough guy that can last forever. And eventually but it was because of his leaders. Just it was because of Stockton It was because of Stockton and Malone, right, yeah. exactly. And so, and so eventually, though, he and Darren Williams butted heads, and, and the organization ended up going with, with Williams, and then a year later trading him. But that's a whole other story. I think right, Tibbs right. can't last more than five, five years in any organization because he'll just grade on you, and especially if you're not winning, right? It's one thing to, to, to grind and grind and play D and grind and play D if you win. But if you come up short, then the player's like, wait a minute. This is a player's league. I'm not having any fun. Tibbs grinds me in practice. The games are a grind. Everything's a grind. So he's no fun to play for, especially if you don't see success. So to me, Tibbs is one of those guys where if you're a slight tweak away. So here's a perfect team like the Phoenix Suns. Let's say 
that you felt that the Phoenix Suns had a roster and all you needed was some defensive intensity and some philosophy, and that you were that close to winning a championship, then I'd bring him in. But to me, some of the teams that are being talked about, except for, I guess New Orleans would be the best, you know, team potentially. Um, but right. you might get, you might have in Jeff Van Gundy, you might have a more likable Thibodeau, right? Jeff Van Gundy is a defensive guy. We always hated his offensive rotation, his offensive uh, philosophy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you might have a guy that's I'd take his brother over weight. him any day, but, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Now, I love that's Jeff true. as the guy. I just, as the coach, I feel like, you know, I felt like he underproduced in Houston with McGrady and Yao Ming, even though they had injuries and, and some other talented players. And, you know, I just think with the Knicks, there was too many shortcomings. So I, I, maybe he's changed in all the years of broadcasting. I, I definitely think he's insightful. And, and I know he can Skiles coach. coming back? Well, I love Scott Skiles to Orlando. I think I like that. And he's a little ornery and all there. that, but he's – yeah, he played there. He's not as much as Tibbs, and I, or you know, and I think Skiles would be a good fit. But I think this is the one thing about Tibbs, with a young team like Orlando, who's definitely on the upswing in the East, with a lot of young talent, the young backcourt, the my man Nikolai Vucevic, who should have been most improved with his stats, nineteen and eleven. You know, I love him, and um, you know, Peyton and, and uh, Victor O. So they've got. Um, They've got a nice little nucleus, a nice little Bias. future. Tobias, yeah, he's a free agent, so we'll see if he comes back. But then, you know, then Gordon they've got. So so we'll see. I I don't know, but I think Tibbs could sort of teach them, and not to say like, oh, Tibbs, we'll only do a four-year deal with you, but, you know, with the team option for the fifth. But, I mean, maybe that could get the team where they need to be, and then somebody else swoops in and takes them to the chip. I don't know. And that sort of happened with what we saw last night, and we can sort of leave the coaching stuff behind and congratulate the Golden State Warriors. First time in, what, 40 years. Amazing. Um, exactly 40 years. The, yeah. yeah, back to the NBA Adam Finals. Gave uh, gave wasn't the, that great? The trophy. That Rick was awesome. Barry and Alvin Addles. I mean, look, it's a – we were young then, so it's not like we really remember it, but it was just at the time when we were getting ready to really get into basketball. And um, But the Warriors, they're back. And you know what's fascinating Wait, about it? Before we talk about the Warriors, yeah. just one thing. Just note the fork in the road. You know, like Yogi Berra said, is a fork in the road. We'll take it or pick it up or whatever yeah. he says. Think about the fork in the road for Steve Kerr. He could have been – the coach of the New York Knickerbockers. And he wouldn't have done all that much better than Derek Fisher, (laughs) if at all. You know, maybe 17 games, maybe he'd have won 20 games, 22 games, maybe 17, maybe 15, I don't know. So the guy wins 67 games and is in the (laughs) NBA Finals, or he could have won 20 games and been in the lottery. So think about that in terms of like flipping In one decision in your life, yeah. And it's something that the whole world could see. And he did it because of, well, I don't know if he did it because of the roster, but, you know, the the reason he gave, maybe this was just a a good, you know, a feel-good story and a a way out for him and for Phil Jackson. But he said it was basically because of his family and his family being on the West Coast and he wanted to be near them. And he was just, uh, you know, a family guy, and that what basically what basically drove his decision. But what a change of events! 
And not just that, I think what's fascinating is that he really asked a lot of his veterans to sacrifice. And you saw the star players were very much in support of Mark Jackson, and they went to him last night. And I thought that was just kind of beautiful because it's like Mark did all the grunt work, and then Steve came in and, you know, got the uh, trophy sort of. Um, and maybe he gets it, but you know, sort of like everything that happened with Buck Showalter. We spoke to Bob Brenly about that when he was on our show. And, you know, it's, um, it's got to be rewarding for Mark, but also hard. And I think he'll get his chance again. And I think, he, I think he's a very good coach. But when you say to Iguodala and David Lee, look, I need you to take lesser roles. And you guys are, you know, multi-time all-stars, you know, Iguodala on the, one of the Olympic teams. You know, that that's a lot to ask, and he was smart enough to say, I need to sort of change this team just a little bit, just to tweak it. And then you throw Jerry West in there, who didn't want to trade Clay Thompson and his little contribution, and it's just a perfect pot. And I think to sum up everything, in a closeout game at home, and they do finally, you know, win four to one. Steph Curry didn't have a great game, but listen to a not so good game for him. Twenty six points, eight rebounds, six assists, and five steals. Mm-hmm. How amazing is that? That's how good that's how good this guy is. Harden doesn't do anything, thirteen, six and five. And I want to ask you this question, because you know how I feel that and I've made this bold statement about the Rockets that they would never win because Howard's not a winner. 18 and 16, he played pretty well in this series. But he says at the press conference afterwards that he's still a champion. In what world, because he won in high school, but I mean, Ray, in what world do you sit there when you just lost in five that you are still a champion? Is that crazy talk to me? Wayne's world. Party on. (laughs) Party on. Hey, Garth. What's up? Wayne. Dude, what's he smoking? I didn't even hear that. I was once oh, over, yes. I checked out. Yes. Hey, so what oh, was the contest with Dwight? Do you feel like a champion? And he said yes? No, it was like, you know, he basically is like validating how he played. And he, st- he said no matter what anybody says, you know, I'm still a champion. And you I'm can like, say no matter been... what anybody says, I still played hard. The team gave all the effort. We did our best. You know, maybe a ball bounced one way or another. We still think we're better than Golden State or we can play with Golden State. That's all legit. But to say you're a champion, you're a champion of what? You're the best team in Houston? I mean, <laughs> the like, South, what does the that Southwest mean? Division? I mean, come on, yeah. Oh, I that's just, crazy. You know, you, you feel for the Rockets. They did the, you know, look, without having your starting four and your starting point guard, defensive play and another versatile front court player and Montiunis and Beverly. And that's a big think, deal, you know, give it is a big credit deal. They and did give Mikhail credit, give Howard great credit coaching for bouncing job. back from the injury, give Harden credit for, job. you know, other than, yeah. we'll talk about this game, seven egg that he laid. But other than that, he had a wonderful season. It could have been, you know, MVP in any other season. So, Nothing to be ashamed of if you're the Houston Rockets. In fact, an excellent season with yeah. Daryl Morey, Kevin McHale, and the whole Houston Rocket organization. Nothing but better than season. most people predicted, and most people did not predict them to get to the Western Conference Finals, and then to do that, especially with the injuries. Even last night in their loss in, in, in Game Five, six guys in double figures, so there was balance. You know, from the starters to to Brewer, Terry, all these guys. You know, they they contributed, but. It wasn't enough, and James Harden just he, – he shot horrible. 
he 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 just did not have a big time performance. His whole game was off, though. That's the thing. Yeah, the turnover in his body. Like it's one thing <laughs> to not shoot well. You know what? Like right. John Starks went two for was two for eighteen and ninety four. Yeah, he was he two just for didn't shoot well. Night. He tried, but he just didn't shoot well. The ball just wasn't going in, and that's okay. I could live with that. But James Harden just seemed out of it. He seemed off. I was waiting in the press conference to see was he sick? Was it you know did something happen off the court? Did, like he just was checked out. And for a guy who forty eight hours earlier played maybe the best game of his career, I was mm-hmm. thinking to myself, what happened? And, and everything about him was off. You could just see. And again, like I said, shooters can be off. That's okay. That happens. That's a physical. You know what? If you're physically, you know, the ball doesn't go in the hoop, it happens. But James Harden's whole, like, spirit wasn't there. And, and he was sloppy. The with free throw the line is the only thing that saves him. 10 for 13 yeah. from the free throw line. Yeah. That's and, the only thing that saves him. And he had, he had 13 turnovers, set a record for turnovers. Because usually you do four or five turnovers, you got pulled out of the game. Your coach doesn't leave you in there to, <laughs> to have 13 turnovers. And and just he just looked out of it just completely out of it. And I don't know what happened. Maybe he didn't sleep the night before. Maybe he was nervous. I don't know what happened. But this was like the 2012 finals when he was with the Oklahoma City Thunder where they won game one, and then LeBron, Wade, and Bosh came back and swept the next four. He just didn't look like – he looked like a shell of himself. No, it it was was definitely bizarre. It doesn't detract away from his season one bit, though. No, no, no. He still had a marvelous season. I just don't know what happened in Game Seven. I don't know if somebody slipped him something in his pregame meal or what. Yeah, but yeah, Game Five. No, but was up with listen, we gotta give props to your boy Harrison Barnes. Huge game, I think, and we're gonna talk about it. We'll do the preview on Monday, but just looking forward, twenty-four points. You know, Clay had twenty, Steph had his twenty-six. But the one thing that you realize when you look at the Cavs. And this rest, and Kyrie will be at the best he can possibly be, which might be 80 or 85%. We'll see what the rest does with the tendonitis in the knee. You start to look at the matchups. And the one thing that you notice about this team, they don't have that much scoring if the Splash Brothers aren't scoring. And it's where Golden State is very beatable. And Shumpert will probably be on Curry. And LeBron could be on Thompson or Barnes. You don't know where they're going to hide Kyrie. Maybe they put him on Barnes. Maybe he... You know, I don't. I don't know what they're going to do with that. That'll be fascinating to see, because I think Shumpert yeah, will probably start on Curry. We got a caller. Hold on, a caller probably wants right. to talk some NBA. Let, let's let's put yeah. the caller on the air. Hello, you on the Hello. air, Ray and Tate? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Oh, what's up, Aaron? Yeah, you know, oh, I had to look. give a call. Yes, indeed. What's going no, on? No, we appreciate it. What's going on with you? How you feeling? Uh, with this, with the, the NBA finals are set. What do you I think, think about uh, the What do you think about the uh, the game last night, and what do you think about the finals? I think uh, James Harden. I heard you talking about. I think he was just exhausted. I mean, this dude has been carrying them the whole yeah. season. That's He's a great point. Carrying them. I mean, the night before he had forty five points. Before that, he had almost a triple double. I mean, he's bound, and I turn over to a cause of just exhaustion. He's doing too much by himself, and he's getting no help. And when you have to do all those ISOs to create and do that, it wears on you because the way they play defense, 
he gets his, but it's hard point. And I think he was just exhausted, and mentally he got exhausted because he didn't feel like he was getting any help to me. And um, I think he, you know, it, you got to also give it up to Golden State a little bit. They demoralize you when they start hitting threes, and it's not just Steph Curry. <laughs> you yeah. know, and that's oh, the thing right. where they're going to see the Cavs going to get a taste of that too. You think you shut down the main man, and now you got uh, Harrison Barnes hitting threes like he's he's Steph Curry. Draymond Green. He's Green's the, he's the key to the series, though. I think he's the key to the whole series for the Warriors, for Barnes. I really do. I think, you know what, I wouldn't be surprised if Draymond Green steps up bigger than Harrison Barnes, honestly, because the way these boys have been playing, I, you know, I first thought Steve Kerr wasn't getting the accolades he should get, but I have to tip my hat to him. To be able to make that team transform, and you remember, he's got David Lee come up the bench, which Mark Jackson did not have. Exactly. Look how potent they are. You know, Bogut is playing. He plays D. I mean, he was holding down the middle. Yeah, we talked about holding down Dwight. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We talked about Igudala and David Lee, both guys who, if you look at the at the resumes and if you look at their salaries, yeah, these are guys that probably command starters' minutes. They certainly command starters' dollars. And so to convince them to come off the bench, but you're right though the the, the Green and Tristan Thompson matchup might just be the one to look at to see you know which style prevails because you know LeBron's LeBron, Kyrie hopefully is healthy and he'll be Kyrie. Uh, the Splash Brothers are the Splash Brothers, so those two, and again neither of them have any real playoff experience, so. This will be real interesting to see that that power forward matchup, and especially well, if both teams go small, you know, because these guys might end up playing each other at the center position. Yeah, but the only well, thing about this series you got to consider is David Lee. I think he's actually going to have to play because he can rebound, and he's a, a a person that can give you the twelve to you know maybe ten to thirteen footer, you know, the jumper. He can score in the elbow, and he can even score inside. And with Bogut not scoring, when you talk about having LeBron at the three and Draymond Green, they're undersized against Thompson and Tim O'Fay. And Tim O'Fay Mozgov is playing out of this world. It shows you how good LeBron makes the ex-Knicks because Shumpert and Jr. and Tim O'Fay are, are killing it. And I think that Cleveland's size is going to force Golden State you know, they'll keep their starting lineup with, you know, Draymond and Barnes, but I think you're going to see Lee play a little bit more. He didn't play that much in this series, but I think he's going to play a little bit more. They're going to need him. I don't. I really don't see Mozgov doing what he's doing against Golden State, against against other teams, because he played against, they played against a lot of banged-up teams and no real center. He's going to be going up against Bogut now, who's been who's actually got defensive mindset right now. So he's going to get his, but it's going to be harder for him to get his. It, and you know what's funny Atlanta, it, that you said that on is Azili too, because yeah, Azili yeah. had a nice little series. Yeah. He's got some confidence, and if if they want to go big, now they can. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But I let me ask you this though: with the, the splash. But let me ask you this: Oh, with the Splash Brothers, right? The the one thing you're noticing: if Draymond Green's shot is off, he's not scoring that much. So if if you don't get the scoring from Barnes. And and Shumpert and LeBron put the clamps down on the Splash Brothers, which is very doable and very possible for them. Um, 
you know, Golden State could have spurts where they have trouble scoring, and they might have to, you know, bring in Livingston, um, Barbosa, you know, you know, try different lineups. I, I think it's, it's going to be very fascinating with kind of two rookie head coaches and the adjustments from game to game. I, no matter what, and we're going to give our predictions on Monday, I think this is going to go seven games. And I don't think in this, this series, I honestly don't think home court matters because LeBron can go to Golden State and win, and Curry can shoot in any building and win in Cleveland, you know? Well, I say this. I think that the difference is that Steve Kerr may be a rookie coach, but he's a rookie coach that has, knows how to win because he's won. And he's got five <laughs> yeah. titles, yeah. Like, he's he's been won, in... <laughs> and he's played with the greatest player ever played the game. So he knows yeah. what to do to how to get Steve Kerr, uh, Steph Curry to get what he has to get. The problem is that Golden State plays better defense than Cleveland. So it's going to be a defensive matchup, but when you're looking at Shumpert, Shumpert's over, overachieving right now. Is he going to be able to do the same thing with Golden State defending them? And and the thing is that you can get Golden State down by double digits. They they come back. You can't you can't count them out of a game. They the Tories are coming back fifteen down, sixteen down, and it's wiped out before you know it. Oh, they're back in the game. Oh, they're leading now. So you know it's going to be LeBron's going to have to and it, LeBron hasn't shot the ball that well. He's going to have to really have better shooting percentage than he had against the Hawks because he really didn't have. Yeah, great, he's he been horrible, horrible from the three point line. Game. Yeah. Well, well what you few. Go ahead. What you said is right though. That's the most disheartening thing if you're an opponent of the Warriors is you're never safe. No lead is ever safe. I mean, they could make up a 20-point deficit quick fast and in a hurry because they shoot the ball so well and they transition from defense to offense so well that you know, there's other teams that shoot and there's other teams that defend but this is a rare combination, and I think I haven't been giving them credit enough as to what they do on the defensive side, which leads to unbalanced court you know, situations, and yeah. they're able to hit threes. And like you said, in three, four, five minutes, you, you make up 10, 12, 15 points. So you're up 20, and you're thinking, oh, we're, we're all good. No, you're not. Not against yep. this team. <laughs> and they demoralize you. I mean, when you have a fast break and somebody's pulling for three and hitting it, that's demoralizing. Because what are you going to do? You're trying to – your basic line of defense is stop somebody from penetrating into the lane. They're not penetrating. They, 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 okay, I'm past half court now. Let me pull up. And Let me ask you this. Is, Can Draymond Green slow down Tristan Thompson and the Cavs who have been dominating on the offensive glass? That's where Golden State – you know, the Cavs getting those second shots – that's that's going to be an interesting piece. Golden State's not tremendous on the rebounds. Bogut's good, but Timofey's as big as him, and then Tristan Thompson is bigger and sort of quicker to the ball than Draymond Green on that glass. Golden State's got more offensive boards over the Houston series than, than Dwight Howard and Josh Smith could get them. And they don't have rebounders like that on Cleveland. Tristan Thompson's one man. Yeah, he's going to get his. But think about it. They went against Houston. Yeah, but LeBron rebounds well. And Tim and Tim O'Fay, listen, LeBron almost averaged a triple-double for that series. So when you're getting 11 boards and 9.5 assists and 30 points, and he didn't shoot well, I mean, oh, what else could he do? If he starts to get his jumper going in the, in the gym and brings that to, to Oakland to the Roracle, goodness gracious, he could maybe score 38. I mean, you know – don't underestimate well, Cleveland and LeBron well, and, the, and the boys. Well, well, the both of you, it was the Hawks. 
And you know, I was I was high on them, but when I saw them in game two, I said this game, this series is over. When they play horrible D, they were just you know they it looked like they were just happy to be there. And you know they squeaked that the Wizards should have. Let me I ask you this: I was gonna. The, uh, let me let me just say something real quick. I will say this that that the Cleveland Cavaliers had a pretty easy road to the playoffs. That's yeah. And they basically skated through, you know, we expected Chicago to give them a little bit of trouble, and they sort of did for maybe two, three games. Right. Um, That's and, fair. And this, this Hawks team was, was not only under uh, undermanned in terms of star power, but then when Culver went down and Carroll went down, and, you yep. know, they were done. So this team really But the Warriors didn't play the two best teams either. The Warriors didn't play much either because they didn't play the Clippers or the Spurs. True, true. Those but the are the Warriors two best teams played, in the West. The Warriors played in the Western Conference, though. You could argue that throughout the regular yeah. season, there's 67 wins through, with that unbalanced schedule. Having to go through those top 10 Western Conference teams is, is, is pretty amazing. So in that respect, can you say that the Cavs are at a bit of a disadvantage because they haven't really played tough, tough playoff games together yet? Definitely the I Warriors think. are the favorites going into the NBA Finals. That's without question, especially because – Cleveland is more banged up. The Warriors, I said this, whoever seems like the champion might be the healthiest team, and the Warriors are the healthiest team. And if you think about it, luck is on their side, and maybe you could say it's the basketball gods or destiny because their two Splash Brothers both just got hurt with the craziest things, the knee to the head for Thompson, and that crazy fall for Curry, and they're both okay. Yeah. Even though they said Thompson, he threw up on the car ride home with his and dad. they both have a week you know. to rest. Right, right, but yeah. I'm just saying those injuries could have been – they could have both been out for the finals, and they're not. So sometimes, you know, you, you do get a break and, and a little bit of luck. Let me ask you guys this, and then, oh, we'll let you go, but I, I just wanted to throw this to Ray and I'll ask you, did the Hawks and the Rockets, you know, going you know, towards next year with what they did this year, did they both hit their ceilings? Can they get any – could either one of them ever get to a final, or was this sort of their plateau? Um, oh, what do you think? Hawks, you jump in there first, and then I'll, I'll jump in. The Hawks, they need, they, need, they need to change that team up a little bit. They, they, they're never going to go past where they got to with that team. I think that one thing that showed them that Kyle Korb is more of a liability on the court than he's worth with threes because he does nothing for them defensively. As far as Houston, mm-hmm. it's. I think that you're going to start to see that. You know, that's the, that's the thing with the Clippers too. When you have a big man that's so talented, but he's a liability on the free throw line, and is foul happy, that can't carry you so far. When you get down to teams and coaches that say, "Okay, we're going to just rough your rhythm by keep on fouling your big man because he's only 48 percent from the line." So if he does 60 mm-hmm. percent, that's great, but that's still nothing compared to an average free throw shooter who's 77 percent from the line. I just think that Houston, they don't, they need, he need, Harden needs help. Period. He can't, he can't go through the regular season and get to the playoffs, and the game changes tremendously, and try to carry that team on his back. So I think they both, I think Houston is a, a piece away, but Atlanta has a, a lot of fixing to do. I think they I have 100%, a lot of fixing. Hundred percent agree. I think that we we've said this before, but in the last, in the modern era, in the last thirty-five years. Only the Detroit Pistons of 04 is a team that you can honestly say didn't have 
two, if not three superstars. You need two to three superstars to win. So Atlanta, right off the bat, doesn't have superstars, so they're not winning a championship anytime soon. They need to blow up that roster if they do. Blow up that roster is maybe, you know, I don't know how you get a star, though, at this point, right? You've got to either draft them or you've got to blow up the roster and make a a, a crazy trade, you know what I mean? Right, and Carol and Millsap are free agents. Those yeah. are the only two real major players that are free agents, so I don't know exactly. what they can do. So, so they got to decide what they do, but, but just as that team is constructed, they can't win a championship. History tells us that. On the other side, Houston, they have two stars, and that's Howard, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, and Harden. But the problem is that Howard, like you said, if he really did say that, that he thinks he's the champion. Um, he thinks he's the he champion, just, yeah. You know, he's, and, and, Did you hear and that, Oz? Did you hear what he said at the press conference? Oh, he's a clown. And I, think, I don't care and what I anyone think, else you know, says. I'm still a champion. We got to give Kobe Bryant credit here because Kobe sniffed it out. You know, he yeah. came over to L.A. and Kobe was like, what is this? You know he's what like, he's Fugazi. He's Fugazi. Kobe, he called it, man. LA is for LA is, is prime time and LA is Hollywood and LA is this. he's like but no but the Lakers win you know you may have a persona <laughs> off the court and you may do commercials and everything but when you step in this building you got to be about winning yeah and not not smiling and chucking and and chucking and jiving yeah <laughs> so I think oh, both man. of these teams for different reasons but I think both of these teams realize if they really really look at themselves in the mirror and and Houston made trick themselves into thinking, well, we lost Beverly and we lost Monte Yunus, and, and if we can sign, uh, you know, Josh Smith, keep him on a veteran's minimum or whatever. Oh, they think, no, they think that they're close and they don't need to change anything, and that's going to backfire on them. Um, but they did miss two good pieces. Beverly and Monte Yunus are, 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 are pretty good players. I will say they that. Are, but, but I don't think they win a championship. I don't think either of these teams as no, constructed. No can do that. No. no. Yeah, I agree. No, definitely I not. Ask, I so, I'll listen. Go ahead, ask us. I just want to ask you one question. So when you're talking about how Cleveland's gone through, what I'm talking about the difference in the West and the, in the East. Cleveland, I mean, uh, Golden State played Memphis, a tough team. Cleveland's played nobody on the caliber of Memphis to get through where yeah, that's fair. I think Chicago's very. I think Chicago's very good. I I, I really they, do. Not, they just this, they had injuries not this year. Yeah, they were too banged up. They were too banged up to really show what their true defense is about. Memphis overall was a better defensive team than Chicago was in the playoffs this year. So they played them, and Conley was the only guard I saw really can get into Steph Curry to guard him. Unlike any else I've seen. So, Too bad he wasn't healthy. Him and Allen weren't really healthy either, though. Memphis wasn't. They, Memphis wasn't at their best to play Golden State either. That's what I'm saying. I'm just all I'm saying is Golden State had an easy run. If you would have said going into the playoffs, the West, whoever would win it, I mean, you would think that you'd have to go through the Clippers or the Spurs to win it. And I'm just saying, Golden State, it was kind of an easy road. Pelicans, Grizzlies banged up, and then Houston banged up. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? The, 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 the Cavaliers. It's, it's, I, I'm not necessarily saying it's easier than Cleveland's, but for, in terms of the winner of the West, what you have to go through normally, not playing the Spurs or Clippers, to me, was a big break for the Warriors. 
because that's where they would have been tested in terms of dealing with Duncan and Blake and then the different shooters and also Chris Paul, you know, being able to duel Steph Curry. It would have been a whole different game, a whole different series. It wouldn't have been over in five games, I'll tell you that much. No, no, I agree with, I agree with you on that. I just think that what Houston did to the Clippers showed that L.A. is not ready. The Clippers aren't ready because to be up 3-1 and let a team come back and beat Yeah, them. that's a whole other thing. I blame that yeah. more on Dr. GM and, and, I don't know, Blake Griffin, that turnover in that game. But he had a great series. See, I think Blake has turned the corner. I think oh, he's turned the corner. I think yeah. he's a monster. You know, the fact that he's getting six, seven assists, I mean, that that's huge. He's he's turned the corner. So, I don't know. We'll see. So, oh, listen, Monday, you got to call us because we want your finals pick. Uh, if you can't, then maybe give it to us now. What, we we going to hear from you Monday, or you want to throw in your finals pick now? I can throw it in there. I'll try to call Monday, but in case I can, I'll throw it in there. Okay, and, throw and it you in now. I know who I'm going with. I'm going with yep. Golden State and six. Golden State and six. That means they're winning, winning at Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All righty. And who's MVP? Who's MVP? The same one it is now. Rick Barry? <laughs> Chef Curry. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see Riley Curry at the, news, at the news conference at the end. Yeah, Riley Curry. <laughs> cute as she can be. Uh, that's great. That's great. Listen, uh, that's something I, I, I can't relate to. Only you guys could, could relate to that, you know, having girls. So I, I, I don't even know that energy. But I tell you this, you don't, listen, you don't talk bad about daddy's little girl. So all these people are like, oh, don't bring the daughter to the press conference. It's like, I understand it is work. But at the same time, all that goes on in this society, in this world, can we just lighten up? I oh, mean, yeah. really, what, what's the yeah. harm that she's been to two? He doesn't bring her to every one. She's been to two. Goodness, exactly. people stop it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, 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 mean, I, I thought I, she was I, adorable. I sharing, sharing his, uh, sharing his uh, you know, his accomplishment with his family. I think that's a great thing to see that, as far as, you know, including his children with it. And, you know, that's great, I, you know. Yeah. There's always going to be people that hate on anything anyway these days, man. But, yep, that's my prediction, yep. and we'll see. I'll, call, I'll try to get back on Monday and see. I'm starting out here some different views from both of you. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah. All right, yeah. We'll thanks be, for calling, man. We'll okay, be talking some more basketball all week. Take care. Thanks for the call. All right. Bye-bye. So we'll get back to that on Monday with the NBA. Real quick with the NHL rag, two game sevens. We both felt it would happen. Um, we both picked the Blackhawks and the Lightning. But now, I don't know. I think we you kind of said it last episode. Henry Lundquist at home, game seven. Are you ready to change your pick? You know what? All rational thinking says <laughs> to go with Henrik. At home, he's the best goalie in the game. He's got all the playoff experience. He's had an up-and-down playoffs, especially against the Lightning. But you know what? The reason I thought the Lightning would win, I still think is the case. I think they're faster. I think they're more skilled. I think they can put pressure on the defensemen of the Rangers. And I think between Johnson and Stamkos that they can keep pressuring Henrik Lundqvist, and he's shown that he's given up goals this this series in particular. 
So I yeah. think the Lightning win. I think the Lightning win tomorrow night. I think they win three two and go to a, go to a Stanley Cup final. I'm going against my own pick, and I'm going against Ray. I'm rolling with my boy Chris Begas, and I'm riding out with the Rangers. An Islander fan is like, you know what? It's time to root for New York and the Rangers. Madison Square Garden, the lights have been off for so long with the Knicks. Let's go to the finals. Rangers win 3-2. to Got to do it. So, And you know the NHL for ratings. They want Chicago and New York, two of the original six teams. What do you think about the other series? Black well, this is, this is, uh, you know, I picked the Blackhawks, so I'm going to stick with them. But, boy, this is going to be fascinating. The Ducks are uh, they're at home, and they're tough. They're really tough. I, 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 the Ducks might win, but I'm going to go with the Blackhawks. I think the you Ducks might win. You know what, I'm going to go with though. the home team in this one. I'm going to say yeah. I had the Blackhawks originally. I'm going to say the Ducks. I'm going to say that that lineup, that big, strong lineup, is going to defend home ice, and they're going to win, and we're going to have a Tampa Bay Anaheim, uh, the NHL and the NHL is going to hate will it. regurgitate <laughs> all over themselves. There's NBC, very good no, players, but they don't want the I know, markets. but nobody, Ray Ray, nobody but the diehard hockey fans will watch that final. Tampa and Anaheim, I don't even know if I'll watch it except for, like, just for our show. You know what I mean? Like, that's... I, I, I'm just being honest. That's not uh, that's not what America really wants to see. I mean, you know, yeah, Anaheim is L.A. I mean, Cali, but it's not the you know the L.A. Kings. You're not really gonna get the L.A. market. I, I really think that would be very sad for the NHL executives. But either way, it'll be fun. It'll definitely be fun. Let's talk some baseball, and then we got our segment. You're not ready where Ray and Tay talk about a team or a player that you are not ready for. So we have to talk history because history is happening, seems like every other day in baseball. And part of it is because of a gentleman by the name of Alex Rodriguez. And to me, to pass Babe Ruth and to be third all-time and number one for the American League in all-time RBIs, that's pretty impressive. Steroids are not. I mean, goodness gracious, Alex. You know, congrats. I, I don't. I don't know what else to say, because it's a lot of production, right? It's just a lot of production. It really is, and he's one RBI away from Barry Bonds. So this guy <laughs> is about to have 2,000 RBIs and basically be mm. number two in RBI. He's gonna yeah. end his career top. Probably I don't have the stats in front of me, but he'll probably end his career top three top in home runs. Three in home runs, RBI, runs scored. So wow, that's the best combination. I mean, that that's like Babe Ruth numbers. That's Babe Ruth, Hank yeah. Aaron, and uh, you know, obviously Willie Mays type numbers. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of unprecedented. <laughs> to have that dark cloud over him, but he did it. He obviously produced those numbers. So, so first thing is skill. Second thing is longevity. So yeah. you got to give him credit because his resume is so impressive. And, again, I don't know how much of it was influenced by steroids. He played in an era that a lot of people did steroids. So I don't know what to – let's put the judgment aside, but let's just say – this guy's accomplishment list is is phenomenal. 
you know. We'll figure out in what context to put him in later, but right now, just in terms of his accomplishment, unbelievable. It is, and, you know, I I just got to applaud it. Then, you know, next up, I wanted to – you got to give shout-out to King Felix. The Mariners are climbing up. You know, they've got a ways to try to catch Houston, which, by the way, can we just say Houston with the second-best record in baseball right now is absurd. But King Felix, 8-1, and one, uh, got another victory yesterday. And, you know, the Mariners are kind of hot, and they've been on a roll. Now they're up to 500. They're in second place. They're, you know, trying to get at least in that wild-card mix, or maybe they'll catch up to Houston. But you know what, Ray? It's time to really say Houston looks like they're not going anywhere, and they're—I mean—they just keep playing and winning, and they're up six games. And before you know it, uh, we're here. We're at June. We're past the quarter mark. I mean, can we start start to stamp the Houston Astros as legitimate, legitimate, legitimate? I think we can. I think they are legitimate. Uh, will they win the division? I don't know. They might still have to, uh, you know, beat out uh, a good, um, you know, L.A. Angels team that's underachieving, a, you know, a, a, like you said, a Seattle Mariner team that's got probably, you know, potentially got the MVP and the Cy Young winner on the same <laughs> team. So maybe yeah. they come back, and if Robinson Cano starts to hit for power again, you know, they could do some things. But, Yes, they are legit, and they'll be there. They'll be there at the end of the season. Now, you know, I think some teams will will definitely fade, and I think some teams are not legitimate, but these guys are. I got to say, the Houston Astros are legit, and they'll be there in September. So our Yankees are are, are back in first place, and I'm kind of happy to to see that. Is it something that the AL East, can fans just say that this year it's going to be just a revolving door where, you know, look, from first to last, it's only four games. I mean, Boston could still wind up winning this thing. I still think they might need to make some moves. And I believe they'll try to go get Cole Hamels. You know, maybe they'll, you know, go get somebody else. But do you think that basically it's just going to be – Tampa's in first, then Baltimore's in first, the Yankees in first. I mean, to me, I feel that Baltimore is the best team, so eventually they're going to start to get it together and pull away. But, hey, I mean, you've got to give the Yankees credit. At some point, the bullpen and, and timely hitting is, you know, if the starting pitching could ever get healthy and get it together, maybe the Yankees could hold on to it. What, do you, what are your thoughts with that? It's possible, but I don't think the Yankees are for real. I think that we've seen it time and time again with these older teams that what happened to Ellsbury, you know, A-Rod might get hurt, Beltron might get hurt, McCann, Teixeira, all these older guys, you know, come August, come September, when you're starting to play these games that really matter, they might need to rest. And, you know, the good thing is nobody's running away with the division. So as long as everybody's hanging around 500, the Yankees have as good a chance as anybody. But I think eventually one of these teams – is going to put it together. Like you said, Boston looks like they're a piece or two away. I thought they'd run away with this division. But maybe it's the Orioles. Maybe it's the, I don't know if the Rays are for real. Maybe Toronto. Uh, somebody will, will will start to run away. The other thing to keep in mind is nobody from this division is making a wild card. So you're either going to win this division and go to the oh, playoffs. Oh, yeah, you win and you're in or you're out. <laughs> so, no, so you're, right, you're right about that. On the Yankees or anybody in the AL East. 
But yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the Yanks' ability, uh, you know, to hold on here. Now I got to ask you this because the 22-year-old is doing big things. He's on pace for 63 homers. Might not be realistic, but over under, does Bryce Harper hit 50 home runs this season? You know what? I don't think he has enough protection in his lineup, and I think they'll start to pitch around him. So I think he'll slow down in the second half. I think he'll have maybe 40, 42 home or something like that. Okay. Batting 331 with 18 homers, the ribbies, 43 ribbies. I mean, this this guy is, you know what's crazy? he's figured it out. You know what's crazy <laughs> is that we talked about Miguel Cabrera, and we said, oh, that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and the triple crown since the 67 and Yastrzemski and whatever. Bryce Harper is very close to being a triple crown, you know, candidate. So is Nelson Cruz, by the way. But Bryce yeah. Harper did some <laughs> big things. And the Prince is back. Shout out to Cecil's son. He's finally healthy, and it's good to see, right? Like, you know, you know when guys have got talent and they just get injured, and sometimes fans forget or give up on them. But for him to be, you know, back top of, of, of RBIs and of batting average, Prince Fielder is having one heck of a first half. He's going to be an all-star. Um, 38 ribbies, you know, tied for the AL lead with Cruz, and then the batting average, what is he, 368 now? I mean, that, that's that's great to see, especially for a team that's, you know, not been so good lately and um, and a player who's just been hurt. So maybe that deal starts to look a little bit better for them if he carries them to, you know, maybe a, a wild card this year or next year, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. And you know what? Uh, Josh Hamilton, if he starts hitting – you know, he's batting oh ninety one, but I think Hamilton will get it together. I think being back in Texas is the best place for him. He needed to get out of L.A. But if Hamilton starts hitting, that can only help Prince Fielder. Oh, definitely. And you never know what happens with Hamilton because when that guy gets going, I mean, he's almost like a Steph Curry, man. He just starts banging out homers like every day, and you're like, what? Okay, he's he's healthy and he's well again. So, it's time for our segment, Ray. I think it's the, the best way to end it. Um, you're not ready. Ray and Tay talk about a player or a team that we think is just on the rise and you have not been thinking about, checking out, nothing, and you're not ready. Ray, I'm going to let you go first. Who am I not ready for, Ray? You know what? We're talking baseball, so you're not ready for a young Skinny kid, 5'11", 170, from Windermere, Florida. He was playing for the Dodgers. He was kind of lost in the shuffle there. Little, you know, little skinny defensive player. And you thought to yourself, all right, maybe he'll get on base. Maybe he'll steal a few bases. But you didn't think much of him offensively. He was a career coming into the season. He was a career 287 hitter. But this cat, D. Gordon, second baseman for the Miami Marlins, goes home, is batting 376. So a full 90 points above his career average. And granted, it's only been That's four amazing. seasons with the Dodgers. But this cat is coming out like, bam! 
and on a bad <laughs> team, that's hard to do. This guy might win himself a batting title, and nobody expected him to be this good of an offensive player. I mean, this guy, I'll read you his stats. 2011, he had 56 uh, games played, right? Batted 304. So, all right, you know, that's not bad. The next year, in 87 games, he batted 228. The next year, in only 38 games, he batted 234. And then last year was about his career year. He batted 289. So you figured, all right, he's a 260, 270, 280 hitter. Maybe he'll steal some bases. Boom! Through 45 games, 194 at bats, three uh, batting 376. Your boy's got a 2.7 wins above replacement. D. Gordon, you're not ready for D. Gordon. And wait till that team starts winning. More people are going to start talking about D. Gordon down in Miami. That is really impressive, and he is, uh, you know, you thought they were getting him for the glove and the speed, and now it's turned into something else. Well, this is a team that I I think uh, we both might have predicted them in last place in the AL Central, and right now they're tied for first. I'm talking about your grandfather and your uncle's Minnesota Twins. Shout out to Kirby Puckett. Rest in peace. They're 28-18, and 18, tied with the Royals, ahead of Rays Tigers. I'm talking about the Minnesota Twins. Minnesota, stand up. You got AP's going to come, come back and play. You got the Twins, the Vikings with Teddy B, Teddy Bridgewater. The Timberwolves have the number one pick and a young team. Wow, Sounds Minnesota. Sounds like you're ready to get yourself a second home in Minneapolis. Wow, Minnesota. Yeah, man, yeah. they got the Super Bowl coming. But let me tell you what they're doing. Tory Hunter's batting 280, the constant veteran doing his thing. Brian Dozier, my fantasy favorite guy, has been killing it at second base. He's got nine homers. Then you've got uh, Tory with 29 ribbies leading the way. And then, of course, You've got the man, Joe Maurer, who is really doing things with 48 hits, okay? I mean, this team, you got Eddie, um, uh, Eddie Rosario with the um, base percentage, 348. This team has got timely hitting, Maurer, and, and I think the main thing you're seeing is that Maurer and Torrey Hunter are sort of leading the way, and the rest of the guys are just, you know, chipping in, and, and doing what they need to do offensively. Now, pitching, they've got, you know, only one starter with, with five wins, um, a couple guys with four wins. But, you know, they're, they're young. I think they're exciting. I don't think this will last. But I will say this, they're not going to finish in last place. And, you know, it's good to see, um, you know, the guys pitching pretty good. You know, they've got a good bullpen. Um, Kyle, whatchamacallit, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Kyle Gil, um, Gil, Gilbert is, uh, Gilbert is doing good. You've got a ERAs at what, 270 something. You're getting strikeouts. Phil Hughes, can you imagine this? Phil Hughes is leading them in strikeouts. He's got four wins, 41 strikeouts. Yeah, that's your guy, Phil Hughes. You remember him. And what, what's the best part of Minnesota? That's right. The best part is their bullpen. They need some help with starting pitching, but their bullpen is keeping them in games and led by Glenn Perkins with the 18 saves. So you you got to like that, and I'm happy for them, man. You know, Blaine, Blaine Boyer's say, got nine holds, so 
Minnesota Twins, you're not ready. The one thing I will ready. say about the Twins, uh, and, and you got your You're surprised Trevor. they're there, Ooh. though. No, no, I'm definitely surprised they're there. I picked them to be last. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you've got your boy Trevor Plouffe doing his thing. Oh, yeah, Trevor Plouffe's doing but good, too, yeah. Here's the thing that, that I'm most happy about is they went out and they paid – Joe Maurer, and it didn't completely backfire on them. You know what I mean? I hate. I would hate to see a team like this finally pay their hometown star, their hometown hero. Now, I'm always worried about when you pay a catcher because their body just breaks down, but I'm glad that he's delivering. I'm glad that they're winning because the small-town market finally has their star. They finally pay him, and then if he's in last place for three, four years, that just makes you feel terrible about baseball and small markets and having a star. So I'm glad that Mauer's – because he's bounced back because he didn't play so great last season. They moved him yeah, out no, of the he... catcher position. But I'm glad he's playing, and I'm glad they're winning because, you know what, I'd like to see Minnesota win, and I'd like to see these small market teams enjoy some success. No, I think it's great. Look, everybody have a great sports weekend. We'll be back Monday with our NBA Finals preview. We're going to break down all the matchups. We're going to give you our picks. We'll get ready for the Stanley Cup Finals because we'll know uh, on Monday who's in it. And uh, we'll do the same with that. And um, more baseball. And um, who knows? We might even have some big news in the NFL between Hardy and Brady starting on Monday. So we'll see. So have a great sports weekend. And uh, thanks for listening. See you on the flip side. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.